Hello and welcome to the State New Sports Roundtable. We are back and finally better than ever after a hiatus for a few weeks. I am your host as always, Eli McCowan, and today I am joined by our two football beat reporters, Joe Dandron and Brendan Gumble. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing good. Glad to be back. Doing good, man. Excited. Yeah, I mean, Joe, it's your you're starting here at the State News. I mean, over you're over at Impact for a while. You did some stuff at the LSJ. I'm live. I mean, how's it feel to be over here at the uh, State News side of things finally? Um, I probably should have came over a while ago, for being honest, because this is like I've always wanted to be a writer, so um, it's kind of what I always wanted to do. But I enjoyed covering football last year with Impact and broadcasting games. Is uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's definitely different too. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back covering football, though. It's been a long time since I covered sports. And uh, it feels good to be back in the saddle. Yeah, seriously. And then especially it's such like a, I mean, we haven't had any college sports in like seven months. This is going to be just feel incredible here in a couple of weeks when we finally get going again. But Gumble, how's it feel to be back finally? Feels good. I mean, it was looking kind of shaky there for a little bit. Um, not a whole lot going on. And then out of nowhere, they just came back. So ready. we got a whole month to prepare for it, so that'll be good. But ready to just get back into the swing of things. Yeah, seriously. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll be previewing what Michigan State football is going to look like here starting on October 24th against Rutgers. This week, we'll be talking about the offense. Um, the next week, we'll be talking about the defense. And the week after that, we'll go over the schedule and how things may look in a general um, outlook on the season. Um, so today, we're going to start with the offense. And this is an offense over the last few years and the last couple of years in the Mark D'Antonio era that ultimately struggled. It struggled a lot and for a lot of reasons. Um, now we're entering the Mel Tucker era. We don't really know what to expect. I mean, this is an offense. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of young talent, a lot of youth, a lot of guys that graduated. Um, so Joe, I'll swing to you first. I mean, what are some of the things you're most looking forward to seeing in this new offense, um, on October 24th? I mean, just something different, right? But at the same time, also, I mean, for me, the offensive line is going to be the most important thing for this team. I mean, quarterback plays, obviously, because who's going to play is Brian Lewerke, but offensive line play is going to be really important to see how this team does. Because that's where the game, that's where the offense, that's what the base of your offense is. And just being able to play an up-tempo offense, a lot of these linemen have put on weight. You know, you know I want to see improvement from Duplain, from Dobbs, from some of those guys who had success last year. Duplain is a guy who I think could be really good. Um, he played really well down the stretch at the end of last year. And so just wondering, you know, how is this offense going to adjust? And a lot of these guys who weren't recruited by Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator, a lot of these guys have been in the D'Antonio system for a couple of years. How are they going to transition into a new offense? There's, you know, I mean, Elijah Collins spoke the other day. Um, you know, the terminology is different. You know, things are different. Obviously, football had some concepts, but terminology and learning a different offense is a lot. And so, you know, just kind of, how this offense is going to cope with that change to an, a more up-tempo, a little bit more spread-out offense. Um, I know Johnson likes to run a lot more four wide receiver sets, stuff like that, you know, a lot of shotgun stuff. So it's going to be interesting to just see what happens. And I'm excited, too, because I think that it's going to be a change from what, you know, Michigan State fans and, you know, college football fans in general have seen from Michigan State in terms of the offense they run, too. It's just going to be totally different, I feel like, from D'Antonio. I think like the one thing you hit on especially is like how important the offensive line play is going to be because I mean since that playoff run the offensive line play has just been absolutely atrocious on every level since then and it seems like I I mean there's no other way to describe it really I mean I think last year um, the offensive line by pro football focus was 114th out of 130 
in their ratings. And that's of all FBS teams out of like even from the Mac and everything else. I mean, they're only ahead of 15 teams, 15, 16 teams. Like it's that's something that's got to end up improving, because if they don't, I mean, Elijah Collins needs holes to run and whoever ends up being the quarterback, they need protection. And I mean, if they can't get that, that offense is going to struggle. But Gumble, what are some of the things you're kind of looking forward to um, from this offense as well? I mean, like Joe said, just something new, right? Obviously, the D'Antonio era was great, but the last couple of years it really ran its course and the offense became really stagnant. So just kind of seeing what the new offense looks like. We haven't really talked to any of the coordinators yet, so and I don't know how much insight they're going to give, but some of the players have talked about, uh, like Jaden Reed on Monday said the offense is going to be really diverse, like they're going to spread the ball around, and I don't really think they have any that one go-to guy, but there's just a bunch of playmakers everywhere, and it's going to be someone new every week, so just seeing – who really steps up and steps into their roles and how they conform to that. And then obviously they haven't had the benefit of like a full off season. And especially with the new coaching regime, coaching regime, that's huge. So I think, I don't think they're going to necessarily be a high scoring offense. Like I don't think they're going to go out there week one and hang 50 on Rutgers, but I think as the weeks go on and as they get more familiar with the scheme and all that, I think they have the chance to be a really potent offense. I think it's just the offense, like you guys have both said, just there needs to be a change. And I think yeah, it's finally it's coming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, you go back to the Dave Warner where everyone was screaming for Dave Warner's head a couple of years ago. I mean, it was just, I mean, since then, it's just gotten stagnant since that 2015 year. And it's just like, it's time for something different. And it's hopefully that finally comes. But the other thing you touched on was looking for that guy, a go-to guy. And I wanted to ask you, Gumble, as well. I mean, who are some of the X factors, in your opinion, on this offense that may be a guy that, you know, raises or lowers the status of a team on a given week for you? Um, I mean, the first guy that comes to my mind is Elijah Collins. Kind of stepped up as the lead back last year. Um, can he have the same year? Can he really show that he's a premier back in college football, which I think he has the capability of doing? Um, I think they're really deep at wide receiver. Um Obviously, Jalen Naylor's going to be back. Him being healthy is going to be huge for them because he's a big threat. I think Trey Mosley has the chance to step up this year. but um, And I think Jaden Reed, too. I mean, not just because he talked on Monday, but also because he didn't play last year. He was on the scout team. Uh, but especially if Peyton Thorne ever gets in at quarterback, he talked about um, his chemistry with him. And I think if Thorne does get in, that those two could be uh, big-time connections. So I think he's a guy to look out for. Joe, where do, who do you think your X factors are for this offense for this upcoming season? I think, you know, and Gumbel touched on these guys, and maybe it's obvious, too. Um, I think Jaden Reed is a guy who, I mean, you look at these, and I had a conversation with someone yet last year during the uh, pinstripe bowl talking about MAC receivers, and some of the best receiver talent you'll ever see in college football comes out of these mid-major, like mid-American conference schools. I mean, you look at a lot of the guys who have played through Western Michigan, a lot of those receivers have, a lot of guys have played at Western and gone to have great NFL careers, Right. I think getting Jaden Reed from Western as a transfer was huge. You know, not having him last year really hurt this offense. And you're losing Cody White. You're losing Daryl Stewart. So at wide receiver, you've got some guys who need to prove they can stay healthy. And Jalen Naylor is an example of that. But Jaden Reed, to me, in terms of the receivers, that's going to be like the guy who's the big X factor. You know, because Barnett's not going to play both ways. He's going to corner. Um, I think Larry Nelson can have a big year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Trey Mosley is a guy a lot of people might talk about, but I think Larry Nelson, Jaden Reed are two big guys in the receivers, and Trent Gilson had a huge game to finish out last season in the pinstripe bowl. Um, he had a really good game himself. I think that could be another guy who sticks out in this offense. It's just who's going to be getting them the ball, right? So um, that's where the questions come up. And then, you know, those three guys, the receivers, but 
you know, I mean, I think everything at the end of the day is going to rest on Elijah Collins in terms of how this offense runs. Um, Connor Hayward and Elijah Collins, I, I don't know how much of the workload Hayward will get. That's something we'll have to wait and see. But I think Elijah Collins is the guy that makes this offense go this year. And he's, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over a thousand yards. I wouldn't be at all. But he's going to need some good offensive line play to do so. That's another thing I think going off the grid. I think a big X factor is going to be health. Um, obviously, it's an eight-game schedule. I don't know if they're going to be able to play all eight games. Uh, we've seen the NFL be somewhat successful so far, but now we're seeing the Titans and the Steelers. They're not going to play this week. So, And all these players are on the same campus as um, all these college kids who are kind of going through outbreaks right now. So just can the teams be disciplined and stay healthy through the entire season? I think it's going to be a big thing. Yeah, and it's not even a physical health standpoint. When you look at the physical injuries that have occurred, um, in the NFL, I mean, you look at Saquon Barkley tearing his ACL, ton of torn ACLs, knee injuries. You know, what is that going to look like when we get to the end of that eight-game schedule? And then, at the, yeah, I mean, Brooke Gummer brings a really good point, too. You know, what kind of outbreaks might happen, you don't know. I mean, there's just so much, so many unknowns when you're not playing in a bubble like the NBA is or something, right? So I, it could become a war of attrition, I guess, and just whoever's healthiest at the end. And this is a team as well that's not, especially on the offensive side of the balls, outside of maybe at wide receiver like you guys have talked about, they're not tremendously deep at any position. I mean, you look at quarterback, we still don't know who's going there. Wide receiver, they've got some depth. They've got a couple guys at tight end. But I mean, this offensive line, they've got a few guys that are coming back, but this is an offensive line that's had a really hard time staying healthy from injury standpoint. Yeah, the COVID thing in. I mean... The COVID thing could ultimately be, I mean, it could be devastating for any team. And, I mean, also, I mean, once they get to a certain point because of the Big Ten guidelines, they may not be able to play at all. And there's no makeup weeks either. I mean, this it's going to be an interesting thing with the COVID situation because if one outbreak does happen on one team, that's one game they pretty much don't get to play now because there is no bye weeks, there is no time to make up. So it's going to be really interesting, I think, as well. But I, I think from the X-Factor standpoint, I think the one thing, and Joe touched on it a little bit, was at tight end with Trenton Gillison. I think uh, talking with Jay Johnson, I think he had a press conference back in March or April that I covered. And I forget who it was who asked him. They asked him about who is going to be the focal point of your offense. He asked him about, it seems like you're recruiting tight end fairly heavily already. And he talked about the tight end position being the MVP of his offense and what he likes to do. So I think the tight end position with a guy like Trenton Gillison could be very important. We saw what happened in the um, pinstripe bowl with Trenton Gillison. He had a great game. And, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening, but it's been a really long time since – it's been since Josiah Price that Michigan State really had a, a solid tight end that could be a red zone threat, be a threat in the receiving game. And I think that could be a really big factor. And the other one, too, is Matt Dotson. Matt Dotson still, I think he's, I mean, he feels like he's been here for forever, but I mean, he was a highly rated recruit at the time. He comes in, he's going to be a senior. He's another guy who end up, could be, end up being a guy. I think the tight end position is going to be important because I think the wide receivers are going to be very important as well in the sense that, I mean, someone's got to catch the ball, obviously, but they are deep. I look at the tight end spot and it's not tremendously deep once you get past Gillison and Dotson, but I think that position can be important. We'll see what ends up happening there, but yeah, I mean, but obviously it matters who they're getting the ball from, and that's what a lot of people want to know. Rocky Lombardi's been getting a lot of attention at the starting quarterback spot as he's been featured in every social media thing. He was playing NCAA football 14 on the Xbox 360 a while back, and everyone's featured. I mean, 
quarterback position is obviously going to be important. I mean, Joe, I'll ask you, I mean, what's your kind of opinion on this quarterback room that we really don't know a lot about at this point? So, you know, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's, and it's, it's going to stay, you're not going to know probably until week one, right? Until game day. Um, but I, you know, I think, you know, if you're me, and this offense and kind of you look at his ability to run a little bit, um, obviously the accuracy concerns are there, you know, but there's been a lot of talk about Lombardi trying to improve that footwork, the mechanics and his throw. I, I think Rocky Lombardi is going to be the guy at quarterback to start the season um, for MSU, but I'm not sure if he will be the guy to finish the season, if you get what I'm saying. You know, I, I can see week one, you trot Rocky Lombardi out there, and if he starts making a lot of those mistakes that you saw last year, which – Granted, you know, you had the really good game against Purdue when he had that first kind of breakout game. That was kind of ballooned by that nailer like shovel pass at the end there. So the stats looked a little bit better than what I think he actually played. But Lombardi is the guy, and you know, I, I, I would think right. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see at what point do they decide to go another direction, or do they, or do they just live with some of the mistakes that he might inevitably make? You know, as someone who's a little bit younger and just not have, doesn't have that starting experience. Gumble, how are you feeling about the quarterback position going forward? Um, I agree with Joe. I think it's going to be Rocky Lombardi to start, but I don't think he's going to have a particularly long leash. Um, for me, I think the guy out of the three is Peyton Thorne. I think, obviously, most fans are probably excited to see him. There's a lot of unknowns. He's a redshirt freshman. You heard good things coming out uh, from last spring about him. Um, no, but I do agree. I think Lombardi will... Start. I don't think it's going to be like an Andrew Maxwell, Tyler O'Connor type season, but I also don't think it's going to be like Lewerke, Cooker, Cousins type season. It's going to be somewhere in the middle, and I think it's going to be a more quarterback by committee approach, and that Tucker's just going to go with the hot hand. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes with that. I do agree to that Lombardi's probably, I mean, it seems like they're kind of selling him to be the guy a little bit here in the past few weeks, and I think that's going to be interesting to see if he does come out. Are we going to see. Well, we kind of saw in that Purdue game a couple years ago where he was able to be at least efficient. Or are we going to see, I mean, it was the game later where he's against Nebraska. And, I mean, granted, that game was in the snow. It was windy as all get out. And he probably was put in a really awful situation. And that was, I mean, that game might have been even worse than that Michigan State-Oregon game. Later that, I think it was later that year in the Red Box Bowl where it was 7-6. to six. That might have been even a worse game to watch. But, I mean, not a good situation for him or a good game plan in that game. But... Are we going to see more of that where he's not very efficient? He's making those mistakes. And I mean, the other guy we didn't talk about is Theo Day. I mean, and that's another one we haven't seen much of. I think we saw one set of downs from him against Penn State in the rain, and he got a first down, and then he got benched for Lewerke. So we don't really know what we're going to see from these quarterbacks. I think Theo Day, Jay Johnson talked about a little bit back the one time we were able to speak with him. Um, he said he really liked his. Um, athletic ability and his arm talent but you know it's again improving the mechanics improving decision making all those things so I don't know it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go I, I I personally think it'll end up being Lombardi but like Joe said it very well could be someone different by the end um, if it is Lombardi then I think it's going to be something for those quarterbacks below and maybe something to be said about them going forward as well um, on whether you know are they ready are they not and we'll see. But I think the quarterback, obviously, I mean, that's going to be the most important thing. I mean, if they – that can determine the way the offense goes this year. But, I mean yeah. – And I, I think that, you I mean, if you're Johnson, you got to just hope that Lombardi makes a big jump, right? you got to hope that there was a big – there was a lot of training, apparently. He was going out west in training. 
you just got to hope that there's a jump there, right? That's when you're Johnson. That's all you can hope for. Yeah. And I mean, then it's after that as well. I mean, whoever it has to be, I mean, they got to have protection and that's the offensive line that we talked about a little bit here. I mean, 114th out of 130 by pro football focus in their ratings. I mean, it's a lot of it was because of injuries. They were bringing guys around playing in areas that hadn't been played, but this offensive line was just not great last year. I mean, so uh, Gumball, I'll swing it to you. I mean, what would you like to see out of this offensive line this year? Um, after just years of inconsistency, really? Um, consistency. I think they need good health, and I think they need a consistent unit. And I think the biggest thing for them is going to be more the run game because, like you said, you know you don't know the, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So if you can really get the running game going and have defenses respect the run game, I think that'll open things up for the, whoever the quarterback is, and, and it'll make them feel a lot more comfortable back there. Hey, Joe, I'll kind of ask you the same question. What are you looking forward to seeing out of the offensive line this season as well? I mean, health, health. It's got to be it, right? And, you know, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, I thought Nick Samag was another guy at center who played pretty well down the stretch. I mean, there's a lot of potential with this offensive line, especially when you add Dobbs getting that offseason. You know, you, if that's a guy to recruit who MSU really needs to work out, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think Dobbs can be a guy on the interior line. I don't know. If, I don't know if tackle is going to be the spot for him because he's. A, it, I mean, some people there's a conversation of being a little undersized to play tackle. I think if you had him at guard with Duplain and then Samak at center, and you can at least be respectable at tackle, um, I think you can have a pretty good offensive line this year. You know, gave up 18 sacks last year. That number's got to be down, and just the in general, the health has to be better because that cohesion as an offensive line is truly the most important thing. Having like consistency and health, that is what makes a good offensive line. Those reps and practice together with the same group of guys, you've got to make sure that you have that and that that is consistent throughout the year. Is it? I don't know. It's. I mean, it's a violent sport. Football. I mean, injuries are going to happen, and that's you know that's I guess remains to be seen. But health is going to be the biggest thing that drives whether or not this offensive line can play well. Yeah, I think this offensive line could be really interesting. I mean, there there is a lot of guys there. I mean, there's some of the senior guys like Matt Allen, AGR Curry, um, some of those guys that are still going to be around. And then you get that young talent like Dobbs, Samak, and Duplain that could kind of maybe cement it and hopefully give that team some depth a little bit. I think the important thing that about this offensive line is now the coaching. And they get a, a coach in Chris Kapolovic that has done an amazing job everywhere he's been. Last year at Colorado, he had a really young offensive line that he was working with, and he made them an average one. I forget the exact rating by Pro Football Focus. It was somewhere in the about the middle around average for a really young offensive line. Got to give him credit there. And, I mean, honestly, and he was the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at North Carolina, and he made Mitch Trubisky look pretty good, enough that the Bears traded up and picked him over uh, Mahomes and uh, Lamar. So if you can make Trubisky look good, Hey, I mean, sorry, Ryder. I hate to do it to you, bud, but it's, I mean, Trubisky's not great, but I mean, he made him look good and he had a really great offense for that year. Um, and we're going to get into the staff, but Chris Kapolovic on this offensive line was a very great hire, in my opinion, by Mel Tucker and a really great addition for his staff. Because, I mean, like I said, everywhere he's been, he's done a great job with the offensive line. And if they can get cohesion, like you guys said, they stay healthy. They can get the same five guys in there every week with rotating a couple more if they can all stay healthy. It's an offensive line that can make a drastic jump over the last few years. I don't know that they're going to be in the top half of the Big Ten, but, the, but I mean, and they were in the bottom. 
So they, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up for him, really, at this point. But now it's the staff of this offense, and there's a lot of unknowns. We really, I mean, Courtney Hawkins comes in at wide receiver, coaches his first job outside of being the coach over in Saginaw. Um, and we have Jay Johnson with the offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach, uh, William Pigler at running back, see Coach Cap at the offensive line. So, I mean, Joe, what are you looking for as well in the staff when they're putting together this offense? What are some of the things you're excited for? I mean, Hawkins and Hawkins is going to be, a, I think he's the right guy to be the wide receiver coach. He was the head football coach and athletic director at Flint Beecher for a while. And, I mean, and he's an MSU guy too, right? He played at Michigan State and then had a pretty, I mean, about a, a good, decent amount of time in the NFL. Um, I think he's the perfect guy to coach the wide receivers, and I think that group under him is going to make a big jump. It hurts not having someone like I think Cody White could have really gained a lot from having Hawkins as a positions coach, but I think when you look at guys like Larice Nelson, Jalen Naylor, um, those two guys could make massive jumps because Naylor, the problem with him has always been the injuries, not being able to stay healthy. And so if he's able to get a healthy season, Hawkins and what he's just how he is as a guy, you know, as a person. Um, I've met him before, and he's one of the best people you ever meet. And he's just great with the players, and he's just great in terms of knowing the position. I mean, he played it in the NFL. And I think that college athletes specifically are going to respond really well to that. Um, so to me, I mean, he's just – Hawkins is one of the – that was a really, really, really good hire. I was really happy about that because, I mean, he did his time at Flint Beecher, and he deserved to get a chance at the college level, and I think he can do a really good job. I think he, like you said as well, just going to be tremendous. And I messed up. He was from Flint Beecher. I don't know where I got the Saginaw yes. from. But Flint Beecher, yes. I mean, he. I mean, it's a different jump from being a high school coach. I mean, when you're a high school yeah. coach, I mean, you, honestly, it's a totally different thing, especially being the athletic director and going to wide receivers coach. But, you know, it is going to be interesting. Like you said, that experience is going to be really worthwhile for a lot of those. And if Jalen Naylor, I mean, if he can stay healthy as well, I mean, the deep threat that they can gain from him, I mean, that's something they didn't have a year ago for the most part. And that, and that feeds right into Lombardi's skill set if he's the guy you go with, too. I mean, he's got a big arm. So I'm, I, I think the wide receivers under Hawkins, I think Hawkins is going to do a good job. Gumbel, how are you feeling about this staff? I'm feeling excited just because it's complete new turnover on the offensive side. Um, they're all of Tucker's guys. And I think I like, I like the youth of some of the coaches. I think that makes it easier for the players to kind of relate to them. Um, like Joe said, I think Courtney Hawkins, William Peagler, like those guys are working really well with the players. Um, Collins and Reed spoke very highly of both of them. So I think just when you have guys in there that the players can really relate to and respect, I think that translates to more success on the field. Um, specifically with the wide receivers, uh, Jaden Reed talked about how they're going to they're be taking more vertical shots downfield. I think there's going to be more big plays, and I think um, – like Joseph, I think Courtney Hawkins is the right guy to lead that group, and I think that's their best group on offense. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for breaking down the offense. So we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up with something fun that we always like to do at the end of our podcast. We're going to bring it back. we got some MSU offense trivia here. So, Joe, i got to highlight this thing because I have it down in white so you guys couldn't see the trivia. So, Joe, you got to hop out of the Google Drive thing so that way you can't see anything down here. And then pull this up really quick. I almost just highlighted it. Almost. I was about to look at the answer. Okay. So first, the way we'll run this is you'll both submit an answer. There, I have four ready to go in a tiebreaker at the end. So we'll see who ends up being, who ends up getting them all right. All right. So you'll both submit an answer. So the first one is, 
who is the all-time leader in total yards at Michigan State? Ryan Lewerke. Yeah, it's Brian Lewerke. Okay, yep, that was the easy one. I, I That one still blows my mind every time I hear it. Although, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But. It doesn't. He, that he surpassed, uh, I don't even know who he surpassed, but it was in the pinstripe. I think sure. it was Connor Cook. Yeah. yeah. I think, I believe it was Connor Cook. So, this is the other one. Now, the top six in all-time yards are all quarterbacks from the 2000s at Michigan State. Who are those six quarterbacks? I mean, Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook, Brian Lewerke. Brian Ho- um, no, Brian Hoyer. Yep, he's one. Drew. Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton. Yep, and there's one more. Damn. We already said Kirk Cousins. We said Kirk Cousins. Cousins, Connor Cook, Lewerke, Hoyer, Stanton. Oh, God. He's the, Who he's, was before Stan? It was the guy before Stan, wasn't it? Yep. I mean, I'm drawing a major blank here. I got nothing. I don't no. know. No, don't tell me. I got to think of it. He had a really, really right. Like I feel like the name is just. When you hear it, you're gonna be. It, it, you hear it, you're gonna be bad. What? What year? Can you give us that? He was 2000 to I like 2001 or 2002. Oh man! Because <laughs> that was when they went to the. Uh, was it when they went to the orange? Not the orange bowl. I believe it was around, I think he was the quarterback during that time, yep. Was TJ Duckett on the team? I don't remember. I honestly don't. Was it Ryan Van Dyke? It was not. Yeah, I don't want to Google it, but I have no idea. Do you guys want me to tell you? Yeah, go ahead. It was Jeff Smoker. He was the quarterback during that time. Who, <laughs> who was, he was um, fourth on that on list. list. He was fourth. Fourth? Yep, he was. What? So it goes: Lewerke, Cook, Cousins, Smoker, Stanton, Hoyer. <laughs> That's brutal, Jeff Smoker. I like that is, wow. Yep, yeah. that one was the one that yeah, that one got me as well. When I was going, I looked at the list and I was like, "That's." I was like, "They're all quarterbacks from the two thousands." Which I mean, that that was interesting to me from right from the get go. Um, so we talked about this one a little bit. Michigan State's been a long time without a thousand yard rusher. Who was the last one to do it? Not Le'Veon Bell. Is it Jeremy Langford? It's Jeremy Langford. I, was gonna, I knew it right after I said Le'Veon. I was like, actually, it's probably Jeremy Langford. It's Jeremy Langford. Yep, he was the last yeah. one to do it. Le'Veon's like way up there in yards, but I don't know that he ever. I don't know. I think he got to a thousand, but I, he was Jeremy Langford had more overall yards than he did as well. But I think he just had more time. Um, so this one happened recently. It was all over my Twitter feed about a week ago. Uh, Little Giants against Notre Dame, the one that gave Mark D'Antonio a heart attack because it was so stressful. Who threw and caught the ball in that game to end it in overtime? It wasn't actually the quarterback. Yeah, because it was the fake. Yeah, it was the kick. It was the kicker or the punter. I think it was whoever was holding. It was. I think it was um, the snap holder. This is such an obscure. That was a. It, this one was Aaron Bates and Charlie Gant. Yeah, I would have never. That, that was the tight. It was a tight end. Their starting tight end from Aaron Bates. I didn't know if since it was all over my Twitter feed, so I thought one of you guys might pull that one off. Yeah, the problem. The problem is, is I my parents are from Columbus, Ohio, so I grew up. That uh, yeah, watching Ohio State. That doesn't help. 
Yeah, I was about 10 when that game happened, which is nuts to even think about that. That was over, almost like 10 years ago. But, like, I remember watching that in my in my uh, living room. It was, like, 1130. <laughs> it was nuts. All right, we'll do the last one because we ended up kind of screwing up who was uh, the getting the points here. But who in the Rocket, the game Rocket against Wisconsin, there was a Hail Mary from Kirk Cousins into the end zone. Who caught that ball? Keith Nickel. Is Keith Nickel the former? He was transitioned from yeah. quarterback. Keith Nickel. Yeah, I was gonna say. I remember watching. I watched that game live. I remember that. Yeah, yeah that one was another one. I was up late for my brother. Still, who still went, don't think it broke the point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh no that that one was probably the most excruciating like replay I've ever been through. Too like that one was so long, so drawn out. That oh my gosh! But then. My brother was at that game in the student section because he was at Michigan State at the time. And when they stormed the field, he jumped off the side. And when he fell, he, like, sprained his ankle on the thing when he landed and, like, still ran in. It's like a whole thing. But, yeah, no, that's all I've got for trivia. That's all we've got for the podcast this week. So I want to thank Joe and Gumble for both hopping on today. We will be back next week to break down the defense. And then after that, it'll be the schedule. So, again, thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon.